Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Brawn Body Podcast. Today we're going to be talking with Brian Carden. Let me tell you about Brian. You're going to be really impressed with him. Uh, he graduated from Findlay University's physical therapy program. That's over in Ohio, if you haven't heard of it before. He's been practicing outpatient physical therapy in central PA since 1994. He received his pedorthic training at Temple University's School of Podiatric Medicine, and he's currently the president and CEO of Cardin and Miller Physical Therapy, which has four locations in central Pennsylvania. They provide state-of-the-art 3D imaging to help create customized foot orthotics in addition to providing full-service outpatient orthopedic physical therapy. He's also treated numerous professional athletes and works with all kinds of different diagnoses. So with that, Brian, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So when it comes to your journey from graduate school all the way up to owning a very successful physical therapy clinic and business, uh, there had to have been some obstacles that have kind of stood in your way and kind of slowed you down. Uh, can you think of any notable things that really held you back or kind of made you question, why am I doing this? Oh, it's interesting. Obstacles, I think, for me, uh, when I when I really began to find my stride, you know, pun intended, uh, in, in the industry, uh, I found out that I was just good at and I was passionate about foot and ankle care. Mm -hmm. And that led me to the quick realization that in order to do that well, I needed to have involvement with footwear. Yep. And so... I was young and naive and thought, well, I could just you know, call some shoe manufacturers and tell them I want to have a store. And I did that. And they all kind of laughed at me. Said, I'm not <laughs> selling you anything, man. You know, you're a, you're a 20 some year old kid. Uh, we get burned all the time by people who open up uh, stores and they go belly up. And so that was a, a big first obstacle I had is it, I found it was really hard to break into the retail side of this business. Mm -hmm. uh, the second was that my peers in medicine really frowned on the idea of retail mm -hmm. this mixture of what well, are you a healthcare provider or are you a retailer and it was just i, I heard things like that's not how it's done mm -hmm. you know there was a lot of uh this idea that you know we're going to do things this way because that's the way the old guard does it and it's just the way it works and mm -hmm. and i kind of had this bend to me that said well I don't know why it works that way, but I don't like <laughs> it, and, and I want to do something different, and right. I think I'm going to try. So I think my naivety was uh, both a strength to me mm -hmm. and a weakness. I think if I knew some of the obstacles I'd run into along the way, I might have I might have shied away from it. Mm -hmm. But because I didn't know any better and I just didn't want to take no for an answer, um, it, it opened up a lot of opportunities for me. And now I've, as I look around, I actually see some of my peers saying, well, well goodness, we, we can do some of those same things. So... I like to think of myself a little bit as a trendsetter that way, even though yeah. I didn't set out to be. It's just kind of how we ended up. Definitely. You paved the path forward, and now yeah. everyone's trying to copy what you did. Uh, there's something to be said about people <laughs> like that, that's for sure. That's just the, uh, what do they say about flattery? It's the best kind of flattery. Invitation <laughs> is the best kind of flattery. So I encourage it. I, I think in, in the way that I'm treating and practicing, uh, one of the reasons I do, do some teaching, both at the clinical level and at universities, is I, I want more people to do this. It's an underserved population. And mm -hmm. I think that physical therapists are uniquely positioned to be experts in this market. And we've, we've given that away for too long. I think we're underserving people. Uh, and just, again, tons of opportunity there. 
For sure. Now, with that too, uh, obviously there's no business classes in PT school. So how did you kind of pick up the business and marketing side of things as you go? Because obviously when you start a business, you don't have all the time and resources and energy that you need to make it perfect by any means. Yeah, for sure. There is um, absolutely, when I was in PT school, I think we had one general business class. Mm -hmm. uh, I've, I've always had a propensity towards that end of things. Yep. Uh, my father was a, was a businessman. I don't know that that's something you inherit. Uh, albeit, I, I tended to be pretty good at things like accounting. Uh, when I was in undergraduate school, I worked in a bookkeeping area. So I had some luxury of having that basic accounting math kind of under, under my belt. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to go back to the same thing. I just was, I was ambitious enough to realize that I couldn't step into this like it was just a healthcare practice. Right. And I saw many healthcare providers who were great providers fail at business because they didn't run their practice like a business. Mm -hmm. And so I, I was fortunate to find some peers, some mentors who were willing to uh, give me some great advice. I got heavily involved with the private practice section of the American Physical Therapy Association. Mm -hmm. uh, if you are a young clinician or somebody stepping in and you're thinking about starting a business, get involved with that private practice section. There are people who have been doing this for decades who are more than willing to, to mentor people and grow them up. There's a section of that agency called the peer-to-peer -peer section. Got involved with that several years back. And at that point, I'd already been fairly successful in business, mm -hmm. but met other people who were, quote-unquote, more successful, larger scale, right. and was able to just kind of pull and garner experience from them. They were just willing to give and take back and forth so it's a little bit of, uh, you know, you just got to get out there, put yourself out there and, and realize the business side, something you're going to need. Yep. If you're not going to do that yourself, then you need to parallel with somebody who's going to take care of the business side because you can be great at what you do clinically, mm -hmm. but if your business cannot sustain, it will crumble. And, and it's, it's, it's sad to see when that happens to great healthcare providers. No, for sure. And I was actually going to ask you about that because I know your business is a partnership. You have another partner who help, helps uh, run everything with you. So I was wondering if you could kind of break down the dynamic that you two have used to be uh, successful so far. Yeah, we kid around and, and, and say that my business partner is my work wife, right? Partnerships <laughs> are like a marriage. Uh, there's going to be good times. There's going to be bad times, but there has to be trust. And, mm -hmm. and you, you got to know the lane that you're in. Uh, trust that the person that's going to own that lane and run it well. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been blessed and fortunate to have a partner that we've, we've grown our trust. We were young men when we started this. You know, we're, we're older now. We've got families. We've lived a lot of life. Mm -hmm. uh, we definitely both come to the table with different skill sets. Right. And, uh, my skill set and, and my responsibility in our clinic has, over the last four to five years, really moved towards the business development side. Mm -hmm. uh, it's what I'm good at. It's what I've spent more time learning over the years where his skill set has uh, moved more towards the marketing and outreach side. Mm -hmm. He's gotten very involved in marketing and growing our business that way. And then both of us have really kind of taken our years of clinical experience and said, uh, to, to be as impactful as we can be, we need to be able to take what we've learned and, and developed over the years and push that to the next generation of clinicians that we're going to grow up. So, you know, I can be in the clinic for 10, 15 hours, and 15 would be long, 10, 12 hours a day mm -hmm. uh, and, and impact the number of people in front of me. But if I can create four or five other clinicians who can do what I do, 
I've now spread that to where I can make a bigger impact. And both Steve and I have really embraced that, that in our business is that our job is to create a sustainable business that allows us to mentor up young clinicians such that we can scale this thing to be more impactful. Right. It's uh, sort of leaving a legacy, so to speak. Yeah. So when you decide to, uh, dare I say, hang up your hands, that's not the best term, but kind of <laughs> step away from physical therapy, if such a thing is even possible, that someone else is going to carry on the success that you've um, built up and worked so hard for. Sure. Now, you've also got a unique approach to business in that you own multiple pieces, not just the PT clinic and the retail side, but you also produce and manufacture a lot of your own orthotics. So can you kind of explain how owning multiple pieces of this puzzle has kind of helped you become more successful as opposed to someone who just had one piece? Yeah, sure. Well, to be clear, uh, we no longer manufacture our own. We did for years okay. uh, and we did it because I was frankly somewhat dissatisfied with what I was getting from mm -hmm. other places. Um, we, we had some progressive takes on what we thought could be done in the orthotic world. And, and again, that was just not widely accepted. Yep. And a lot of labs, honestly, just didn't want to deal with us. They wanted, they wanted the same old orders from the same old people. And so we thought, well, you know, let's, let's just bring this in-house and do it ourselves. Yeah. And so that was phenomenal for us uh, for a number of reasons. One, getting a, a real understanding from the ground up, right? So mm -hmm. not to say, say just to, to really go from the ground up, understanding what all goes into developing the product that's going to be the most impactful as possible. Uh, the second was that it, it removed a lot of limitations for us. So we were no longer limited by by trying to communicate to a lab, it was all there. And, and, and that, that was great. As the years passed, uh, what we found was it, it required a lot of our time and then our time wasn't being used where we could be most impactful. So we, we, we grew a, um, a reputation and a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I guess it's more like a respect in the community of, of foot orthotics, mm -hmm. where now the labs were like, well, hey, we'd like to win your business. <laughs> we see the volume of work you're doing. And so we did. We developed some some excellent relationships with some outside labs, which has really freed us up now. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we have a great respect for the job that they're doing because we've done it. Right. And they, in turn, have a respect for us and our experience because we've been doing it for so long. So that's been very helpful. Uh, the shoe retail side, uh, eye opener, right? I mean, it, that's a complete respect for people who make their living in shoe retail. Mm -hmm. For us, shoe retail is a necessary evil. Mm -hmm. I like it. I'm a bit of a shoe geek. I love having access to shoes. Uh, it, it's a business driver because people will come into the store with a plethora of problems that you would be surprised about. The reason they go to a shoe store and then they'll actually, the store will refer clients to us saying, you know, hey, they need a good shoe, but they really need your help. Mm -hmm. They need to see you. Um, but I have utmost respect for retail. Retail is a hard business to make money at, you know, managing inventory. And uh, full disclosure, about two years ago, it's so difficult and it's so time consuming. We brought on a retail partner, somebody who that's all they do. It's a company called Shoe Fly Shoes. And they're my retail partner at Operation mm -hmm. Running Company. And complete godsend because now they manage all the logistics of bringing inventory in, moving inventory around, you know, hiring people, scheduling. Uh, so they all of it together creates this uh, this this vibrant interaction of different entry points for people. Yep. They, you know, they may they may enter through the clinic. They might enter 
because they think they want an orthotic. They might enter because they just are coming to the shoe store, not to mention the whole medical gym side of what it is that we do. So there's all these different points of entry that just allow us to stay in touch with our community, uh, both uh, accessing clients and sustaining them through the course of care. For sure. So in general, Brian, it sounds like your story has been someone who was kind of unsatisfied with the traditional model, someone who wanted to make changes, had some uh, obstacles that kind of stood in your way uh, because people didn't really like the status quo being challenged and didn't really see this new model kind of coming to fruition, so to speak. And you and your business partner kind of partner grabbed the uh, bull by the horn, so to speak, and just kind of kept pushing ahead until something started to stick for you. Yeah, I'd love to tell you I'm just brilliant and I could foresee that and that's where it was going to go. And the reality <laughs> of it is, is we had a good idea. We thought it would really take mm -hmm. and we were a bit surprised at how well it takes yep. uh, because what we found and, and, and I've referenced this dozens of times as I teach is if you become the expert in this area, mm -hmm. there are more people seeking the care than you could imagine. Yep. Uh, you know, it's, it's a billion dollar industry that are people seeking relief from foot and ankle issues and lower body issues and uh, they don't know where to go. And this allows, like I said, points of entry at different levels where not every level you'd enter is going to give you the solution, but they know the people who they can funnel to to get the solution. And yeah, it's worked out great. We're, we're ecstatic that we've done it. And uh, if I went back, I might do a few things different along the way, but <laughs> I, I like pretty well where we ended up. Definitely. Hard to complain from what it looks yeah, like. Pretty well. uh, any other major takeaways for our listeners? No, big picture uh, without sounding like Yoda here. I think that <laughs> if I'm talking to a healthcare provider, I would simply say, don't limit yourself by what your particular discipline has always told you it has to be, mm -hmm. uh, particularly physical therapy. I am first and foremost a physical therapist. Uh, you know, this is a vibrant time to be a PT. It's a volatile time. You know, mm -hmm. healthcare is under fire. There's a lot of questions about reimbursement. But the, the idea of a physical therapist becoming a primary caregiver, and we are uniquely positioned to, to promote health in mm -hmm. different aspects from you know, disease management all the way to athletic performance and everything in between. So, you know, don't take the answer of, well, this is what a physical therapist is. You know, get that license, broaden your mind, mm -hmm. push the limits, know your practice act, right? Yep. There is a practice act, <laughs> you got to comply with it, but know your practice act and then function to it to the fullest and, yep. and, and, and be creative with the other disciplines that you're willing to talk with and work with. Now, if you'd have told me coming out of grad school that my key partner was going to be a shoe retailer, I would have went, why? <laughs> uh, you know, but it develops and, and, and it's just tons of opportunities. So don't limit yourself on, on what always has been. Yeah, for sure. Great advice. So with that, thanks for tuning into this episode of the Brawn Body Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, share with a friend. And if you're listening on iTunes, be sure to leave a review. Brian, thanks again. Thanks so much for your time. Appreciate you having me.